You are listening to the Lima Community Church Podcast. The following was recorded at Lima Community Church of the Nazarene in Lima, Ohio. All right, before I got started, does that guy have some pipes or what? That's, that's what I think I sound like in the car when my song comes on. Nobody else thinks that, so thankfully it just stays in the car, but uh, I invite you over just to, to say hi to them after service. So many people came over after first service. I, I, have, I just don't even worry a bit about you loving them and them just being such a valuable part of our community going forward, but it's great to have them here finally, and uh, let's get rolling, right? Thank you, Wes. But um, Wesley, all right, we got we got a little bit of a conundrum here. We got a Wes, we got two Weses, so we got one that's Wes and one that's Wesley. So that's how this is going to work out. But um, uh, life is a journey, right? Scripture talks about this idea of walking with God. In the Old Testament, sometimes it's often, and this certain person walked. With God. I mean, there's a guy in the Old Testament, Enoch. Enoch, he just kept walking with God right into heaven. Like, this idea of walking with God is actually central to the whole plan and purpose of God. Maybe you're here today and you're trying to put all the pieces together and you see a cross up here, you know the story, you hear words like forgiveness and you hear words like heaven and, and blood and we did communion and you're just trying to fit it all together and what does it mean and prayer and there's a Bible and you're, just, you're still trying to figure it all out and can I just make it very simple for you that the heart of all of this is that God has designed you and desires to just walk with you through your life, to be your walking companion on your journey. That that's actually his whole goal, is he came into our world, he gave him of himself to us so that we might live in this relationship with him. And so as we're starting this new year, we're just kind of thinking about what that looks like again. And we're actually using the Apostle Paul as like a blueprint, a template um, for what that looks like. Paul said things in the scripture like, follow me as I follow Christ. Uh, Paul was able to walk and journey with God God in such a, a dynamic way that the Holy Spirit then inspired him to write what this looks like for us to, to see what it looks like. You know, we're always interested, I am, in best practices, right? Um, what are they, okay, these people got it, they're doing this well, how do they do that? If it's in my area uh, of what I'm doing, I, I'm always looking at best practices. And so that's kind of what we're doing in these six weeks, best practices. The Apostle Paul, as he is as led by the Holy Spirit in his own life, he shares with us what this looks like. And we're trying to understand, okay, I am on journey with God. That's, that's the whole thing. What does that look like? How is it lived out? And in Philippians chapter 3, we're using three verses that we're reading every Sunday. We're just trying to kind of, okay, this is Paul talking about his present walk with God. That's where we're all at. We're not living past. We're not future. We're present, and this is what it looks like. It's these words. Not that I've already attained all this. Now, those are powerful words because Paul attained a lot of things. Paul uh, was the who's who everywhere he went, it seemed like. Uh, before his life with Christ, he 
climbed the mountain of every success in his world. Then he finds, or Christ finds him and converts his life. And as he begins to work in Paul, he raises Paul up to be an apostle of, of Christ. He, he becomes a leader of the church. He had attained so many things. And yet, when he talks about his walk with Christ, he's like, I don't live thinking about all the things of I have attained or that I've already arrived. That's an important thing to remember. We're going to talk about that one of these weeks. Journey with Jesus calls for us to live with a deep sense of humility and a deep sense of expectation that every day, the present is when God wants to be in relationship with you. Not what he did 20 years ago, 10 years ago, how he worked, in, but today. And that's what Paul was living for, man. Everything that happened, happened. All I care about is walking with Jesus today. He said, I press on. We're going to talk about that phrase, press on. To take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Six phrases, three verses, six phrases. The first week we talked about that one thing I do. Like, don't miss the journey. There's so many things that we understand or think that life is about. And our, the, the fallen world we live in is always creating and writing these narratives that this is what you need to experience. This is what you need to have. This is what life is about. Um, and so often what has happened is all the time uh, our world becomes enamored with the creation. Where God is saying, listen, I gave you the creation to enjoy, but your primary purpose is to live in relationship with the Creator. Amen? Man, what possibility happens when you and I know the Creator? And that is the one thing I do. Paul said, listen, I, I, I've achieved everything but the one thing I realize, take down my resume, erase everything I've done. The only thing I can still be completely satisfied and completely at peace and completely uh, joyful if I'm just walking with Jesus today. Amen. The one thing I do, don't miss the journey. So last week we, we took that phrase, forgetting what is behind, and we begin to think about that. And we understand forgetting to really kind of, to be understood better as leaving behind. Leaving behind. You know, in a walk or in a race or a run or a marathon, when it comes to forward motion, our bodies tend to move automatically toward the place where our eyes are directed. And Paul is saying on this walk with Jesus, what keeps you moving forward, what keeps you walking, is to not be preoccupied with what is behind you. To not allow your eyes to keep looking back. We asked this question to you last Sunday and asked you to commit and consecrate. Because uh, the word here, forgetting or leaving behind, is in the present sense. It's Paul saying, I've left behind and I'm continuing to leave behind. 
There's things today that are going to happen that tomorrow I just kind of need to leave behind. And we ask you this question, what do you choose to leave behind so that you're not preoccupied in the present and your future isn't clouded? And so part of walking with Jesus is not being distracted by the past. Amen? You leave it behind. But in this verse, there's a, there's a negative or a don't, forget, or there's a, and there's a do this. Don't do this. Don't think about the past. Forget it. And do this, straining toward what is ahead. How many of you love that word strain? Nobody. It makes me tired reading this. I'm like, I've got enough going on in my life that all of a sudden that guy's going to stand up here and talk about God and he's going to use the word strain. Are you trying to tell me that God wants me to double down in my efforts, to white knuckle it, to do more? You know, strain, strain. Listen, I have actually had this impression of God in my past at different times. Like, the, the way that I live in relationship with God is just trying to, to work earnestly and keep working earnestly to appease or please God. What is this straining toward what is ahead? The word straining, is a, it's a strong word. It's an effort word. It's a, um, like, if you've, if you've watched... Um, a race, uh, maybe a track and field event, or even a, even a cross country or something, as a runner comes down toward the finish line, and even if they're, maybe they're racing somebody right next to them, or they're racing against the time, you notice that almost all of them, when they get close to the finish line, they do what? They, they move their neck forward. They're trying to capture and capitalize on all that momentum to get him across. That's this word. That's this word. It's the only time it's used in Scripture, actually. Um, it's the idea of in the chariot race. I shared this last Sunday. But the guy riding the chariot, firmly planted on the platform of the chariot, but he is leaning forward to maximize the momentum. Paul is saying that walking with Jesus calls for us to have a forward posture, a moving forward. (laughs) If you're like me, sometimes you're thinking like, oh my goodness. It doesn't seem like I'm moving at all sometimes. Or sometimes I feel like I'm going backwards. How does this happen, Chip? And what I want to remind you of, a really important truth to remind you of, that when our walk with God calls us to leave behind things and keep a posture of moving forward, that's what a walk is, right? It's not a standstill. It's a walk. Sometimes it might be an inch or it might be a half a mile. I don't know. But how do we keep that posture? I want to remind you the totality of the teaching of Scripture on how God helps us to move forward. Because the idea that you need to strain in your strength 
and double down and white knuckle it, and this is on you, is not the gospel. Amen? That is religion. Religion is always teaching you that you must do these things. The gospel is God has done these things so that you can. Think about this, Titus chapter 2. This is important. I hope maybe some of you grab a hold of this today. Listen to these words. For the grace of God, I'm, I'm in. I want the grace of God. The unmerited favor of God. Sign me up. The grace of God. And so often we think of the grace of God as uh, what God has done in Christ to forgive us and to, to give us new life in Christ. And, and that is a part of the grace of God. But guess what? God's grace is way bigger than that. It's more powerful than that. It has a greater design and purpose. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Great, every one of us in the room, God's grace has appeared to you and it's offering salvation to you. It teaches us, but he goes on to tell us that grace, actually it's doing that, but the nature of this salvation is grace comes in and gives us new life. It forgives us. It makes us a new man in Christ Jesus, but then it enables us to do what? It teaches us us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. That sounds like the kind of walk that God has designed for our life, right? Like, if I'm going to walk with God, then I'm starting to love the things he loves and hate the things he hates, and I'm starting to mimic what Jesus looked like, and I'm starting to experience freedom from the power and the habit and the chain of sin in my life. This is just inevitably what happens when you walk with Jesus. So what makes sense, right? Your journey and companion becomes somebody that you become like, right? And And... He's saying that actually, though, that for you to do that, it's not you're like, I got to try to keep up. I got to try to keep up. That actually God's grace, well, it's like this. This is what Ezekiel promised in the Old Testament. Listen to these words. This is the whole promise of the Father. This is the big deal that they were looking forward. This is what the Messiah was going to do. He says, I will put my spirit in you. And when I put my spirit in you, it's going to do what? It's going to move you. How do I walk with Jesus? It's in the power of his spirit that graciously enables me. Straining or moving forward is always done with the enablement and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Please, somebody say amen. I've tried it without the Holy Spirit. Guess what? It ain't happening. In fact, I became the most miserable person I've ever been. To try, to try, to try is not the gospel. But to walk in cooperation with the person of the Holy Spirit is how we move forward. My favorite author in the world, Dallas Willard, would say this. Grace is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. That the scriptures teach that if you'll be willing, God will enable you. It's not like he just hits you over the head and then you can't walk without helping it. You know, that's what some people teach. Like, you know, no, you've, you've got to, okay, Lord, I'm with you. I choose. But as we choose, his grace always is enough. His grace always moves us.
And so, just very pastorally, I want to think about some of the spiritual practices that the Scriptures have given to us to keep us moving forward, to keep us in His grace, to keep us moving and not stagnant or, you know, laying down. And I get sometimes we, we get tripped up. Aren't you grateful the Lord picks us right up, continues us on the journey? He doesn't like, yeah, go figure it out. Catch up when you can. It's not what he does. But I want to pastorally think about moving forward. How do I move forward? And it's in these three things, these three areas, that you and I do very often or are called to do very often from Scripture. The first one is this. Moving forward is being energized in worship. Moving forward is being energized in worship. So let me go to the trail with you, so to speak. Um, I've shared with you, and some of this has been born out of the hikes that we've done. I've thought about this. And like, you know, I'm super excited when we pull up to the place we're going to hike, right? And like, um, you get going, and, and maybe it's like an incline for a little bit, and all of a sudden you're not so excited. You ever been there? Nicole and I always laugh because when we're coming back from a trail, maybe it's a three mile out, three mile back, or something like that, and uh, <laughs> we get to we come back in the last quarter mile before you get back to the trailhead, you see people getting started, and some of them are already like breathing heavy, and you already know what's happened because you've experienced it, and you so badly want to say, "Don't do this to yourself." Like, but everybody's excited, right? Energized. You need that energy to keep going forward. And I would say that moving forward in our walk with God is energized in worship. Can I, can I help you understand it this way? Worship is like the same idea, the same phenomenon that on the trail. I guess I could, on that hike through, like this, this fall, I went through Zion National Park. I guess the whole time I could have said, okay, we're doing this journey, it's two miles back, and I'm just going to get going. And I could just walk with my head down the whole way and just look at the trail the whole time. Like, you're an idiot. What are you doing? That wasn't the purpose. Or, like you know on these trails, like, I mean, every, it just seems like often you start to get stuff like this. Right? And you're like, Oh my goodness, I just got to stop for a minute. And I got to let my soul just soak up the beauty and the majestic creation God has done. I mean, this kind of stuff, you might think I'm weird, but it feeds my soul. Like, I can walk and I can already be a little tired. And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have signed up for this one. And yet, I begin to be like, in these moments where I'm seeing what God has done and I'm seeing his majesty and his splendor and it just energizes me to keep going, right? This was uh, Rocky Mountain. Look at this. This is Zion National Park. How can you not just want to keep going, right? This is, uh, uh, this is uh, Bryce Canyon at sunset. And it's in those moments 
of capturing what God has done in his beauty that I'm, my fire's stoked to keep going. I'm energized. All right, this is amazing. I'm glad I did it. Or, oh my goodness, I got to keep going because what's around the next corner? And I would say that in our journey with the Lord, that worshiping God is what keeps energizing us. I like what Robert Weber, who wrote the book, Worship is a Verb, says this. Worship refreshes the soul. Worship rekindles the spirit. And it renews life. You and I have this, all of us worship. We worship something. And making time in your life to praise God does this. It allows space in our life for adoration, which is it's what we're going to do. We, we've got to worship something. It creates the ability to see the greatness of God, and it creates the ability to know the goodness of God. You realize that's why we come together every Sunday morning. Maybe this is a PSA for you, okay? Like God's not up there with a, 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 some, a, a syllabus and an exam chart saying, Oh, made it this Sunday. Ooh, 8 out of 10. That's an 80%. They're a C Christian. I mean, a joke about it, but you realize that, right? This is not a performance relationship with God. The reason why we come is to allow ourselves to be energized by his greatness and his goodness. That's why coming in, I am so desperate for us to have an environment of worship where we just get lost for a moment in the goodness of Jesus Christ. Like the world comes to a stop. And like all I can see and think about is, oh my goodness, I am loved, I am empowered, I am different, this is my God. Amen? Amen? And then as we worship, that's why we do prayer. It's strategically, okay, so I do live in this world, and I have this problem, but in light of what I've just worshipped about, I'm going to, full of faith, just give my issues to God. Right? Moving forward is energized by worship. The second thing, moving forward is being strengthened with community. This, this old phrase, you probably remember, run alone, run fast, run together, run far. Um, man, I'll tell you what, I could have done all of these trips on my own, right? And it was beautiful, but it's just not the same. And it wasn't what it was meant to be. It was meant to be with this beautiful person. Right? Look at that. I am super lucky. Favored. Like, the journey was meant to be together. That's why God has given us the church you know, the key to happiness is not independence, as so many people think, but it's interdependence. Ephesians would say this, that actually the hope for us, uh, he says this, we all need to reach the unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, 
attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The context of that verse is what helps you and I become mature? One another. That the journey was meant to be traveled together. And that in together, we truly experience the fullness of what life was about. Some of you are like, I like to hike alone. I, I, okay, don't listen to me now, okay? Ignore them. It's always better with somebody or somebody's. It always is. That's how we're created to be. Moving forward is, it, it, it's, um, is being strengthened with community. What helps me stay on journey with Christ so often? It's my brother or sister who encourages me, who looks out for me, who prays for me. (laughs) Nicole and I have sometimes made a wrong turn. Those maps are confusing. Or maybe I'm just not very smart. And it's like, oh, we're in the middle of a three-mile hike that we don't want to be in. And there's 500 feet switchbacks, Right? And what's cool is together, we just, we do it together. There's strength in that. And we, you, you follow me. I don't need to keep talking. Amen. These are the practices that keep us moving forward. I just came across something this week. You're going to laugh at me. Some of you have, have had 50 years of knowing this. But does anybody, are you aware of rock tumbling? Thank you. Somebody's shaking their head no. Like this is five years, or this is five days old for me, and I think it's amazing. Some people are like, this has been around forever. The idea is you take these rocks that have different colors and shapes, and, but they're, they're, they're jagged. They're, they're, they're a mess. And you put them in this canister, and you put some sand in there, and then you just turn them. And you know what happens? It polishes them. This is amazing. <laughs> Where has this been all my life? <laughs> I'm kidding. But like, I didn't know about this until somebody told me about it this week. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. And I start thinking about it like that fits exactly what I'm going to talk about. Because that's what the scriptures talk about. That actually, life is like that. It's got a lot of sand and it's always turning, right? But if we're in it together, all these things together, we begin to knock each other's jagged edges off, polish one another. That's what Ephesians 4 is saying. That's what it, that's what the journey was meant to be together. It together strengthens us to stay on journey. The last thing I want you to remember is this. Moving forward is being fueled. So we're energized, we're strengthened, and we're fueled by the word. To go on one of these hikes, to go on a journey, it's always important to make sure you take water, right? Because in those altitudes, you don't think you're dehydrating, but you are, even though you might not be sweating. And you know what? You always got to throw in in that backpack like a bunch of uh, beef sticks, cheese, right? Uh, Nuts, all this stuff. I don't even know what I'm supposed to. I don't know why I'm supposed to be eating this stuff, but I know I'm supposed to. Right? They're in the hiking store. And I'm like, oh, okay, people are doing that. I better buy that. I don't know what it's doing. but. And then my three-hour hike takes five hours because I keep doing snack time. <laughs> don't you think it's time for another beef stick? You know, or but you need fuel. 
Absolutely. Can't do, can't be a, a runner, can't run without water. A marathon, I mean, if you try to do that with that, right? Proteins and all the necessary things. I would remind you that Jesus said this in his temptation. It's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He would later say he's the bread of life. Spiritually, his word becomes our fuel. The scriptures, it's like a supercharged spiritual diet. It provides the raw material that the spirit uses to renew our mind and transform our heart, to keep us going, to fuel us. Jesus said, is characterized in John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You see, the Scriptures are the very heart of Christ Himself. As you dive into the Scriptures, you are hearing from Jesus himself. And this becomes fuel for your journey. How do I move forward? Being fueled by the word of God. I know, I know some of you, it's like, I've heard this over and over. It's hard to understand. I get it. I mean, there is some wisdom in where you open the scriptures up. There's 101, there's 201, and then there's 501, right? It's like Deuteronomy is like 1001 or something. Like that's, don't go there first. I was always taught by a mentor that as a new Christian, Chip, don't ever go far from the Gospels. Stay in the Gospels. Listen, hear, see what Jesus is doing when he walked on this earth. I mean, guys, there's stuff out there like you can go on YouTube and like, Type in Bible project. It's an amazing thing. I'm a pastor and I still do it. And I took like six years of schooling. Like I could have skipped all that and just done the Bible project. No, not real. But like it's amazing if you like you need to see things visually and explained in a way. And, and it's amazing. Find those things that help you just able to get a little bit more of what the word is talking about and then you can start to allow it to be fuel. Let me finish with this simple illustration. Somebody told me after I shared this first service, we need to have a small backyard. They don't have a small backyard. And it's in my notes, if you have a small backyard, this illustration works. So we all have a small backyard in this illustration, all right? But listen to this. If I told you that in your backyard, that while you were here right now, that $10 million was buried somewhere in your backyard. And that we have resodded everything, so you don't know where to look, but it's six feet deep in your yard right now. 10 million bucks. And that when you leave this parking lot, you have three days to find it. If you don't find it in three days, you lose it. Can you imagine what would happen with you? I cannot imagine you going, you know what? The NFL playoffs are on this afternoon. Really want to watch the Bills and the Chiefs. I really do. Like, 
yeah, I'll, I'll get started on that tomorrow. Or maybe it's like, it's nap day, man. Sunday afternoon's nap time. I'm taking a nap. Or I'll start tomorrow morning. At, oh, man, tomorrow the kids have a ball game. And I have a lunch in. <sighs> Come on. Some of you right now would already be calling United Reynolds. Every digging machine possible. Three backhoes. You knock over your neighbor's fence and just look at him and say, hey, man, I'll buy you one way better. Right? Right? That would be me. Ten million bucks? All I got to do is find it? Scriptures say the word of God is more valuable. Hallelujah. It really is. And it's fuel for your journey. Don't neglect it. Don't allow it to be absent. It is a treasure that is priceless. And it is fuel for your journey. Father, I pray as we go. Help us, continue to help us understand how to walk with you. We realize that moving forward is energized by worship. It's strengthened in community and it's fueled by your word. Lord, help these practices to be present in our life as we walk with you, so we can walk with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. For more information about our church, visit limacommunitychurch.com.